All right, welcome back to the MindWorks Podcast. I just want to give a shout out for all your support on season one. Very appreciated. I thank all of you guys for tuning in, especially my students. I love you guys. Thanks for the feedback. Thanks for the support. All the love was great. Um, All the people that wanted to be guests on season one, I'm going to contact you guys and we're going to talk about it. But like, anyway, season two now, we're in it. This is season two. It's a big deal. It's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little bizarre. It's going to be a little crazy. But we're going to talk about mad shit that needs to be talked about. Yes, sir. And it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Uh, There's definitely going to be a lot of things that we're going to discuss. And the topics are going to be crazy. Um, You know, so today's topic actually is we're going to talk about this idea. You know, Well, we're going to talk about ADHD. And we're going to talk about dependency and patience and all of this great stuff that kind of makes you feel like you're sitting in limbo for some reason, you know, but it, it makes you feel a little bit, um, you know, you ever, I guess for the ADHDers out there, procrastination, I know is a big thing, constantly just uh, waiting for the last minute to get things done, to get things situated so you can finally move forward to the next step, the next circle of life. And basically, yeah, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about ADHD. One thing that I notice in, in clients with ADHD is the fact that, like, you know, um, a lot of people get ADHD confused. A lot of people think it's more so based on a lack of focus. But a lot of times it also has a lot to do with problems of hyperfocus as well. You know, like, I don't know about you, Kev, but t- sometimes, like, when I have uh, students uh, that I work with, you know, like high school kids or whatever, you know, and they suffer from ADHD, it's interesting how, like, they can't focus in a classroom, but then they spend, like, three to four hours playing Fortnite or right. a video game. And, you know, so ADHD isn't always about a lack of focus. It's also about an abundance of hyper-focus, right? And, um, yeah, I don't know. When you think about ADHD, Kev, what, what do you think about when it comes to ADHD? Definitely in the classrooms. I think about it from my experience as a guidance counselor and speaking to students about their focus in academic work and how academic work focus could be a lot different than outside life focus. I have a lot of students who are able to, like you said, play video games for three to 10 hours, right? Could (laughs) ride a bike on one wheel for blocks on blocks on blocks. But when it comes into the classroom, they can't seem to focus on an assignment. And I think it has a lot to do with just this generation, Gen Z and the generations that are come I think it has to do a lot more with hyper focus and like hyper energy and just a different enlightenment that our generations and generations before us didn't have that same, I don't know, biological something deeper inside where they're just, they have more energy and they could, they're born with a cell phone. You know, we had to adapt <laughs> to a cell phone. They're born with the they're cell born phone. with the cell phone. That's a crazy thing. Cause actually like there's like research studies that are showing surveys that like, there's some form of screen in the United States in 98% of homes, there's some form of screen Oh yeah, in homes. So like you can only imagine how much the media has a huge influence on this sort of disorder that we as clinicians are really trying to treat. And it becomes an issue because then it's like, do we control the technology or do mm. what, 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 like, what do you, how do you then, you know, fix this problem? I mean, I haven't really heard of research saying that like technology causes ADHD, but I do know research studies do show correlations between technology usage and ADHD like symptoms. And it kind of just makes a lot of sense, you know? And also once again, 
there's also a model that needs to be very, uh, you know, you have to really be mindful of is the, what is it called? The susceptibility model or I forgot what, how you say it, how you pronounce it. How you say when something is, when you're susceptible to something, is that what it is? Susceptibility model. I'm not sure exactly, but yeah. But whatever, that model basically talks about like how different personality types and people with different sort of ways of, you know, cognition and and levels of intelligence can be more prone to these sort of issues, right? So they're more susceptible to these issues. And that's what it's called, the susceptibility model of, of, um, I guess, like mental disorders or just things in general. Like some people are just more susceptible to, uh, you know, drug abuse, dependency issues, things like that, based on their biological nature, their psychological, their personality types, the way that they cognitively think about things. These individuals tend to be more, um, you know, susceptible, like, to those issues. Just people that are more susceptible to those issues. So you got to keep that in consideration, right? So when we talk about ADHD, you know, the reason why it's an important topic to bring up is because how the fuck are you supposed to focus when you can't even focus? Another big thing about... ADHD that I've noticed in working with people is that a lot of kids with ADHD issues just tend to have uh, a lack of focus, a lack of motivation and interest Mm. in things and a lack of critical thinking skills, Mm. which is very important, actually. Yeah. I mean, just the other day I was talking with a client of mine about critical thinking and, you know, I was telling him like, you know, when you, when you, whenever you're presented with a certain example of something, right. And this is important for people that suffer from ADHD is that what I've noticed when, when I'm talking to someone with ADHD, the reason that they don't listen sometimes as, or they lose focus easily is because they're not really critically thinking about whatever I'm talking about. And even as we're talking about, not, even as we're talking about this on this podcast, some of you are probably thinking in your mind, like, you know, uh, you're probably reflecting on your own issues of ADHD or maybe you procrastinate a lot and that's something that you're thinking about. But it's sort of like learning how to like bring a concept that hits your brain to a further extent. That's critical thinking. I mean, like, for example, you know, if I'm reading about something about, like, sexuality and gender and whatnot, you know, then I start associating that to what's going on in today's world with gender and sexuality. And that gets me to start thinking critically about it. And when I think critically about it, yes, I get a little sort of uh, aroused, not aroused, sorry, wrong word, but, like, a little bit uh, excited to think about that because it's, like, everything that's going on in, in, in my life and I'm seeing it on media and stuff is basically, like, being presented as like a norm or something to people. So are we really being brainwashed into like this whole idea of being more open with sexuality? Or is that something that, you know, we just naturally feel a lot of times is right. like being more open in sexuality. I mean, you know, once again, that that's just my way of critically thinking about something. So you see how I did that? You see how like I started to get interested in something by connecting it to like a modern day point. People with ADHD don't do that. They lack that skill. And that's why it's important when I work with kids with ADHD, I'll tell them, like, look, um, what did you learn learn in class today? And then they'll probably tell me something about, like, oh, well, I learned about plant cells. And, like, you know, we we actually took a piece of tape, put it on a plant cell, ripped the tape off, then we put it underneath a a microscope, and we saw, like, little plant cells still on the tape. And I was like, okay, that's it? And then he's like, yeah, that's it. And then I start saying, like, but that's interesting that you say that because – it's, it's interesting how like so easily that these plant cells can like find their, find their way onto a piece of tape. It's like, so basically if you walk through a forest, you're probably going to have plant cells on yourself and you won't even know it. And then I bring it further, right? Then I'm thinking critically, here we go. Um, then I say something like, so imagine you're in the bathroom, you're taking a shit 
and you wipe your ass, that shit cells are all over the place. Like they're going on the on the on the toilet paper. They're probably you know in the air or whatever, falling on your clothes. You know what I mean? So it's like then that's thinking critically, and it makes it more interesting to think like that. And that would bring more motivation to learn about that topic about micro cells and things like that. Then it think then it makes them more interested in it and makes them think further. Like oh damn, so what else carries micro cells? Right. I don't know. It's an interesting sort of concept. So I don't they're, know. Like they're kind of thinking. like inquiring within themselves and getting a different scope on something that happens. That's uh, that's definitely something. I, I think also like executive functioning is a big one as well. Um, and you speaking about also sexuality, there is a difference in the manifestation sometimes of women and men and the way they have the symptoms of ADHD. So I know that women tend to zone out a little bit more or something like that. I don't know specifically, but there are some difference between the boys and the girls who have symptoms of ADHD. Um, and it might be with the diagnosis. I'm not too familiar with the diagnosis. I don't know if you have any information of the criteria that it takes to be diagnosed with this disorder. Yeah, um, I'm pretty much aware of, like, the symptoms. Typically, like, the symptoms are, number one, like, a lack of focus, um, you know, I, I can't name the exact symptoms yeah. precisely as it is, but I can definitely tell when like a child comes into my office and, you know, I can tell if they have like the more hyperactive form of mm. ADHD or if they have like the more uh, attention uh, issues with ADHD, you know, so like I can definitely tell the difference there, you know, yeah. but there's definitely a lot of criteria that goes into ADHD. Um, another, another thing is like patience, right? Like kind of like people with ADHD tend to lack patience with things. That's a very important uh, issue. And patient issues with patients, you know, it it's like a very interesting line because then it goes into the idea of procrastination, right? So my, my thing is with ADHD is that, like, um, when people uh, procrastinate, they're actually kind of, in a way, portraying some form of patience to do something, right? So maybe there's a lack of impatience, with people that suffer from ADHD. Like, you know what I mean? Because like sometimes somebody who likes to get things done is a go-getter and their personality, you know, they're, they're kind of like impatient. So they'll get things done. Oh, I got an assignment due next week. You know what? Screw that. I need to get it done right away. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And that's it. Right. Like, but people with ADHD, it's kind of like, Oh, that's due next week. You know what? I got time. I'll wait till Friday to do it or the last minute to do it. And it's kind of like, they, they kind of like have patience to some degree. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm curious, and I'm sure that other people who are watching this are like, they're like, do I have ADHD? Because everything you said, like, I have some of those symptoms. You know, I had the <laughs> procrastination. I can't, uh, you know, the critical thinking, I think I'm a pretty decent critical thinker. Yeah. But there are other symptoms, and I'm curious, you know, like, what exactly? Because I, I personally, I think that most people who get diagnosed with ADHD don't actually have it. They might have symptoms, mm -hmm. right? It's like being, are you clinically depressed or are you having depressive symptoms due to seasonal depression or due to, um, you know, change something, a change in your life mm -hmm. uh, as compared to someone who is like has a, a disorder of depression or anxiety, mm -hmm. right? So everyone, we all experience some level of anxiety and depression or, and all that in between. And I think also to some extent, I would say that's, most of us to some extent procrastinate and you know has some symptoms of hyper focus or not so focused right like my day goes from being super hyper focused on a task whether i'm cooking in the gym or doing this podcast mm -hmm. to being completely in the blue just completely chilling so i don't know 
hey, maybe I have ADHD. <laughs> I don't know, man. But the, sim- the symptoms, the criteria, actually, I just looked it up. You know, often, you know, it's basically when individuals often fail to give close attention to details or make careless mistakes on schoolwork, at work, or with other activities. Often has trouble holding attention on tasks or play activities. Often does not seem to listen when spoken to directly. Often does not follow through on instructions. Often has trouble organizing tasks and activities. Often avoids dislikes or is reluctant to do tasks that require mental effort over a long period of time, such as schoolwork or homework. And once again, you know, just to clarify that these, these, there has to be for the inattention type, there has to be six or more symptoms of inattention for children up to age 16 or five or more for adolescents ages 17 years and older. And they have to at least have been present for at least six months. You know what I don't like about that diagnosis is all seems to be based on sitting down and doing schoolwork, sitting down Uh in class. Mm -hmm. And I think naturally I would say as men and especially, you know, men in this generation, again, because I think we're just so hyper and so energetic, like not wanting to be there and just being reluctant to be in school, period. Right. Or even so, like just having past trauma of your experience in school, man. I know I have nightmares at least like three or four times a week of being in school and like not having an assignment done or being called out or being I literally. So I know that I have this anxiety towards school and even being in an academic building. Sometimes I just I feel reluctant to even sit there and and listen and just hear someone preach, you know, and do the teaching. So. I wonder how much of that is like an ADHD. How much is that is just people just not wanting to fucking well, go to school? Well, another thing to really be mindful of is like, you know, also like the technology and how it impacts our, our, our executive functioning and our ways of thinking. Right. I think like when you look at when, when you look at your phone and you calculate how much time you spend on it, you know, you'll, you'll definitely find a sort of correlation there between your, your lack of focus and things like that and how to maintain focus. Mm. You know, I, I don't. You know, I think ADHD is definitely influenced a lot by our environment to a, a pretty significant extent. I mean, you know, there are biological factors, yeah, but when I work with kids with ADHD, you know, I mean, it come from all different types of backgrounds, but it's the main thing that I notice is like the hyper phone usage or the hyper screen usage or video game playing and stuff like that. It's as if like, you know, are these things really causing these sort of issues, you know? Mm. What are some of the the things to overcome ADHD. Like, so when I, when I, when I work with people with ADHD, the things that I work on is critical thinking skills. I work on organization skills. Um, you know, one thing I try to tell people to avoid, which is very important is like being dependent on like organizers and planners and your phone to do the planning and to do the remembering for you, because that's the problem. I think, you know I mean? Like when, you know, back in the day when we were growing up, like, uh, you know, the, like the um, the like the mid to late 90s. Right. Uh, we didn't have phones. We had to remember numbers on the top of our heads. Right. We were, we were exercising our memory skills. Nowadays, these kids aren't exercising any of those cognitive skills because the phone is doing it all for them. Right. Right. And then you also wonder, like, where all this crazy uh, nonsense of like. Um, you know, just like gender identity issues is coming from because it's obviously displayed in the media as very fluently. These kids that have no cognitive capacity to like remember things or, or critically think effectively can't think for themselves. So the TikTok is thinking for them and that becomes an issue. Um, you know, it kind of just leaves them in this like, once again, this loop of like constant uh, information that's just flowing, but not sticking. 
Yeah. You know, and then they, the only things that do stick are the ones that are more emphasized on a daily basis. And that's literally those like, um, you know, issues of like gender identity and stuff like that. I feel like that's a big thing, honestly, that's been like, <laughs> and I know I keep bringing it up because I, it's, it's just, it, to he me, it's to all nonsense. It. It's all nonsense. It. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this world's coming to a fucking end because of this shit. I'm being honest with you. It is. But anyway, I'm going to pass that subject, go back to the ADHD stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the, the phone and the technology definitely has an influence on these, uh, ADHD issues for sure. Um, it's definitely even been, uh, detailed out correlational studies do show that like people who spend more time on social media, even especially college students tend to have lower GPA averages as well. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that you point out that, you know, the phones and the gender and all these other stuff, Mm -hmm. and you don't really point out just society in general, like just the times that we're in and how, we maybe need to shift a little bit more to modern, more quote unquote progressive thinking um, and inclusivity in order to kind of defend ourselves from some of these things. Because the internet is here to stay, the phone is here to stay, right? And gender identity and fluidity, I think that's here to stay as well. Like, I don't think we're going backwards in no! that. <laughs> so, you know, I think. Yeah, it's it's. I guess it's very conservative in the way yeah, you deliver it. Yeah. That is, you know, it's. it's yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. I, all right. I'll, I'll admit that. You know, I am. I am. I am becoming a little bit more traditional. I'm not gonna lie. Like, um, but I'm like, it's interesting because I feel like I'm like a, like a, like a liberal conservative kind of. Like I'm in the middle. I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm like right there where it's like you know like, um, I can see how this can be a problem and I can see like what it's doing. But to be honest with you, yeah, you're right. We kind of do have to be a little bit more progressive in, in the ways. We have to sort of, uh, I guess, embrace technology into our lives because yeah. we have no other choice as a society. We're all sort of diving into these circles of, like, um, like these circles of difference and newness and, like, uh, technology and stuff and information. like that. And information. And, like, look, we got a podcast and we get to talk our shit and people get to listen in 4K. Yeah, like, we're using it, basically. Yeah, we are. So it's <laughs> I mean, like... We're like, arguing know? about the stuff that we use. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess, like... So then how would how would that look moving forward with a society of ADHDers? I think it's a double-edged sword, for sure. I think the internet is a double-edged sword. I think all social media, TikTok, whatever, you know, even the other topic we talked about, I think it's a double-edged sword. I'm personally a believer that the older you get, the more disconnected and dumber you get. I feel like (laughs) the closer you are to being born is your purest state and your most holistic state where you still haven't understood the world and you still haven't understood emotions and feelings. You just kind of want to sit around, eat, and take a shit, really, right, and entertain yourself. And I think that for the future, I would hope that um, the teaching is kind of reversed and the students get to teach the teachers and then it could work its way mm-hmm. down to, to the upper and then back down instead of where it is now, where it's like you're older, you have this many degrees, you got a PhD. So you can talk down on a 13, 15, 16 year old about their cell phone usage and about the things they're not doing. I think 15, 16, 17 year olds are the future. That person with a PhD who's 50 years old is about to die. Uh-huh. And that, you know, that 10 year old has a whole life ahead of them. So I think that they should be the ones who get, you know, learn and get all this knowledge and information and, and, and be the critical thinker so then they can create the world that that's, they that's, but that's the problem that, that the stuff that technology stuff doesn't allow them to think critically because it, it, it the phone is thinking for them so how are they able to like 
uh, survive in the future and make a living somehow if they can't even critically think for themselves. I think it's. I think it's. <laughs> <laughs> I like think I mean, it's like very. It's a very small amount. I've I've worked with students yeah, who are very bright. Yeah, yeah. They're very true, bright and who are very able to. But then that that's going to separate. That's going to cause once again a huge divide between those individuals that come from probably like. Uh, well-off households with parents that care about them and don't throw them in front of a screen and they, they have the critical thinking skills to become something in life versus the kids that just are thrown a screen at a young age at the age of three, four, five to sit on all day while sure. the parents work and, you know, do, you know what I mean? They do nothing at home besides sit on the screen mm-hmm. and, and don't, don't develop critical thinking skills. They're just being consumed by this sort of media. And, and you know, so what, what's going to happen to those kids then versus the kids that whose parents are more knowledgeable and can Definitely. think critically and raise a child in a way where you're not just going to be on the, on the screen all day. You're actually going to learn stuff right. and, and you're going to become something in life. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so what about, so how does that work? You know what I mean? Like how, what happens to those kids that are the ones that, yeah. Um, don't have the critical thinking skills. What is, what, is, what, what what work can they do? I 100% agree. I think that there are certain parents who know how to moderate screen uses. And I think I'm very fortunate that my nieces and nephews are among those who is like, yeah, it's not, they don't even have iPads. They don't have cell phones. Like mm-hmm. they watch TV is like an hour, two hours max. Yep, it's uh, mostly on mm-hmm. the weekends. And, you know, they're growing up not really being in front so, of a screen. But then so, like, these, so these traditional views are yeah. actually important. For the survival of the species. Yeah. Because then if, we, if, if we're just going to say, hey, let's be progressive and let's throw the iPads five, at five years old, four years old, let's throw them the iPads. Let them, because, you know, technology is going to be here anyway to stay. So, like, might as well die, you know, live with it. You, you throw those kids in front of the iPads and the screens for such a long amount of time while getting the traditional education. But mostly they're just spending most of their time, which they are. On average, kids today are spending seven to eight hours a day on screen times. And that's like 60% of kids in the United States, that's what they're doing. Do your kids, how much screen time? I limit my son's screen time. My son is three years old, about to turn four. I just had a baby girl, by the way. Hey. And, you know, like, I'm, you know, I make sure, I always say, like, Gian, you're only going to be on the the screen time for, um, like two hours max today, mm. like two hours max. That's it. And I take it from him and he'll cry. It's like, it's like a, like a drug addict sometimes, you know, like I'm like taking away this thing and I'm mm. like, no, no, give it back. And so I'll throw a tantrum. And I'm just like, and then, you know, my, my partner, she's like, Oh, um, just give it to him. I'm like, no, he could survive without it. He's just going to cry for a little bit. Let him cry it out. He'll yeah. be fine. He's going to survive. <laughs> He's not going to die. You know what I mean? Like, come on, like only two hours. That's it. And that's, that's how I do it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to allow my son to be one of those like uh, kids that are constantly on the screen. Like I, in the car, in the car, in the bathroom. bathroom. Oh my God. The other day it bothered me. The other day it bothered me. I saw like this, this kid in in, in his car and he had this, the the thing attached to the, the iPad was attached to the backseat of the, of the driver car. And the kid's just watching the, I'm like, you know how bad that is? Like that, that can make a kid feel like nauseous. When I when I when I'm on my screen in the car in the back seat, Yo, I get so nauseous. So like yeah. you're ba- like, what is that doing to your child's brain in the car? Like in a moving situation, you have the screen going where they're trying to focus on the screen. That's, that is not good. Yeah, that well, is not good. I, I think the internet is is a big social experiment. I mean, I think life, we are the guinea pigs. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was gonna we say. We are the life, guinea pigs. I think life is a social experiment. Literally, <laughs> we are the guinea pigs. Technology, the iPhones, the smartphones came out in what two thousand six was the first Apple iPhone. Two thousand four, two thousand six was the oh, first Apple nice. iPhone that when it came out. And so we are the guinea pigs. Mm-hmm. We 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 at least we us uh gener- you know millennials we got a taste of God what it was bless. like. Oh, thank God. Woo, we got a taste of what it's like to not have the iPads, but these kids 
right when they're born, three years old, two years old. I didn't give my son an iPad till he was like two, two and a half. But that was just because I had an iPad in the house and he, you know, was playing with it. Right. And whatever. I mean, I, I wanted to. And also, it's also not even just about completely getting rid of the, of the technology. It's about using it more effectively for your benefit in the society. Yeah. Like, so um, this is why with kids, people like young adults with ADHD, they have struggles with this type of stuff, even in work, not just school. And work too, like they're they're unable to focus and work. They're unable to complete certain tasks, right? So that's affecting them negatively in some way. This is why the traditional views have to sort of stay. This is why you kind of have to have these traditional views. You can't be so extremely progressive. You can't go and tell people that you know what I mean. Like your gender is non-binary. You can't be doing that stuff to people, you know, because it's, it's just too much. <laughs> I think. Like we, like you said, is it is an is an experiment. It is relatively new, and I think as time comes, we get more research and we get more outcomes in which we can make better decisions in the future. And I'm hopeful. I'm, I guess maybe I'm like a, a hopeful optimist, but I'm I'm hopeful that this is gonna be for the better rather than the worse. You and just have to. You just have to use it wisely. You gotta kind of take those traditional views and kind of just like. Use your but own. maybe some more traditional persons like your son's too young at three years old to even have an iPad at all. Because I know that who is it? Is it Elon Musk or I forgot exactly who it was? It's one of those CEOs who created one of these things, and and they're like, oh, it's a TikTok guy actually who mm -hmm. I saw in an interview. He's like, does your child use TikTok? Like hell no, he's too young, right? And his child was like 12, 13 years old, but yet. They're putting that out information out there, and they're the ones who are creating this, but they're not using it for themselves. So yeah. I, I think there's there's people who know who are very conservative and are, who are very in the extreme side, and then there's others who are just like do as you please with my child because I don't know, you know, me and myself, my own experiences, my own trauma, and my own lack of knowledge and expertise in this, I don't know better. Mm. I think a lot of people just don't know better. I really do. I think they just don't know better because they're not thinking critically. They're not applying critical thinking skills. You know what I mean? And I see that in parents. That's another big thing. When you work with kids with ADHD, you got to get the parents involved because that's a big, huge factor. When you have kids that are suffering from the lack of focus in school. And yes, okay, school, you can't, you know, I know it's the system, the society, right? Yeah, okay, like, but that's what most mental disorders are based around is societal norms and things like that. Yeah. And it changes throughout time. I mean, at some point back in the day, DSM-3 thought homosexuality was a mental disorder because mm -hmm. back then the times of way the society was thinking in this way that, you know, gay people are bad and gay people are not bad. Those people are brilliant people and loving people. They're humans, right? Uh, you know, the whole LGBTQ population, beautiful people, you know, they have... The ways of thinking, I mean, some of them are a little extreme, I'm not going to lie, but like, you know, like all the <laughs> other ones, yeah, I mean, but all the other ones are beautiful people and I yeah. love working with the LGBTQ population. I love those people. And like, yeah. you know, they, you know, I, I just think like, we just got to really like learn how to think critically and how we apply things. And we kind of have to just like also be mindful of the societal norms. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. Like. Nowadays, I feel like if you ask a parent, like a, with a three-year-old child or four-year-old child, if their child uses the iPad, I think 95% of them or 90% of them are going to say, yeah, they do. Right. Because they want to do what they have to do at home. They don't want their kid to just be bored. But your kid is not going to die. You know, right. like, you're not going to die from the lack of screens. And that's that's another thing that parents fear. Well, this that's why this is very important for us 
as kind of like that middle generation to put out this information and put out this uh, just talk and conversation out there because I'm a big believer that in order for us to do better in the future, we both, we have to look back and we have to look forward. So we have to look back at our parents, right? Like my parents were immigrants. They came here, they didn't even speak the language. They, you know, work 12 hours a day. So I know that myself as a more prepared person in this society and, you know, a little more privileged in some sense, you know, I am and being able to go through higher education and be able to go through, you know, kind of a more entitled, I want to say, society. You know, I think that my experience is a lot different than my parents, but also my experience is a lot different than the generation that's coming out. Right. Like they're they got way more entitlement than I did. Like you said, mm-hmm. they got way more, uh, you know, their cell phone access and all that back in my days. Latigazos, when it was trying to when it was time to get a beating, you got a beating. Nowadays, it's like parents don't even touch their kids, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like you touch a kid, nine one one, bloom, 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 bloom. Uh, that's because our generation knows now that that's a problem, right? Like, so exactly. That. So I think as time goes by, like we learn that certain things are a problem and we adapt. But mm-hmm. I think the main focus is that we're having these conversations because we've had both viewpoints, we've had both sides, and at one point. We're going to be the old heads. We're going to be the OGs. You yeah, know? soon. Not even that far away. And it's going to be definitely. three, four generations, you know. We probably are already the OGs. <laughs> well, I think we're getting there, man. I don't know, but it's it's a very interesting concept. You know, this whole idea of ADHD and, and, you know, the idea of, like, how technology can influence that and stuff. I mean, I don't know, man. It's just kind of scary. It sounds as though, like, the society is just going to, like, you know, have, like, a lot of kids with these issues. And I, I see it. It's pretty, it's pretty prevalent, to be honest with you, in my field of work. Like, a lot, of, a lot of kids aren't really, like, focusing as much as they used to. Or a lot of kids are really spending a lot of uh, time on the phones. Mm. And it's very interesting because the ones that spend a lot of times on the phones, you can kind of see it, like, within their character, kind of. Mm. Like, I don't know, like, like whenever it's, like, um, I don't know. It's, uh, you could definitely see it, though. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's definitely seeable. Yeah, I get you. You know, I- it's, like, you could know who's the one that's spending more time on their phone and the ones that are more, like, uh, conservative with their phone usage or just have parents that are conservative and tell them not to use it so much hey man if when, when my son becomes like 12 13 i'm giving him a flip phone i'm not giving him a smartphone until he's like 17 18. quote that quote I, that. I don't care i don't care like <laughs> if he's gonna complain to me that everyone has a smartphone quote that. i'm gonna be like good let them let them lack critical thinking skills i mean you're gonna be the one to come on top and i'm telling you this you know like you are gonna be the one to you come know top. and you know i don't want to there's a touchy subject so i want to be very critical of let's how I do say it this. say it just say it all right, I'm from I'm from Bushwick. I'm from Brooklyn. Uh-huh. I'm from an area where you know, if you know certain areas, Williamsburg and stuff. There's a division. I want to. There's a fine line between where the black projects are and where the Jewish Orthodox Jewish oh, people yeah, live. Yeah, yeah. And there is actually Ken Ave. yeah. So there's actually a street. Forgot of it. I think it's Decal. Or if you just go through Decon, the left side is the, Mace, is the Marcy Projects, and the right side is the Jewish um, living spaces, let's call them. And I think that when you we talk about very conservative and very traditional, I don't ever see one of those Jewish children with a phone in their hands. And the adults who do have phones, they have flip phones. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They don't have these iPhone 23 Pro yeah. Max. They literally whip out their flip phones and they're just living, you know, a very different life than people who live right across the street from them. 
Um, so it makes me question, like, also, I it always, if it has always, as since I was young and I've seen this, it always make me question, you know, what do they do and what do they know that I don't? Because, you know, it clearly we're living different lives. Um, and I personally, I've only had a conversation, like, it was like a 10 minute conversation when I was doing an interview once with someone who is like an Orthodox Jewish person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Like, I don't know anything about them or their religion or their their morals, their beliefs. And, you know, I know a little bit about kosher things and this and that. But, you know, I'm curious, you know, like how what what is their perspective on like the Internet and phones and, you know, what are their thoughts on it? And like what's their guidelines towards it? Because clearly it's way different than what we're living right now. Well, I mean, when you look at the, you know, the bigger picture, uh when you look at the the medical field exactly too, most of the people in the medical field, I, I'm not gonna say what religion it is, <laughs> but they're Jewish doctors. I I got me a Jewish doctor, man. Shout out to my doctor. My psych, the, the the clinical psychiatrist that I work with back in the clinic that I used to work with, he was a Jewish doctor. He was yeah. a Jewish psychiatrist. Um, you know, like that's that's exactly probably why. You know, and and he. Did he have a flip phone? No, he didn't have a flip phone. No, he had a regular smartphone. But I mean, like, I guess he got to that point. Like, you know what? I'm done with school. I'm a doctor now. I can can enjoy my my technology now. You know, I don't know. But I just think, like, you know, um, that just shows a lot. You know what I mean? Like, if you're seeing a bunch of, you know, Jewish people, especially Orthodox Jews, not using phones, maybe they know something. Or you're right. Maybe they do. Maybe we don't. That's another thing. You know what I mean? You got to be mindful of that. I really appreciate, I'm going to say one thing, I really appreciate the parents that I work with that are so, like, um, on top of their kids. Uh, and, you know, when I work with them, it's, like, easy to work with them. And, you know, they're able to tell their kids, no, no more screen time. That's it. You're only getting an hour and a half a day. That's it. You know, I really appreciate those parents because they make my job ten times easier. And you see the difference. You see the difference. Mm-hmm. Versus the parent who's mad loose with their child. And I'm, like, telling them, like, hey, you got to take that, that, that iPad away for more time. Uh, you know, it's okay. They're fine. Like, no, they're not okay. They're not fine. Yeah. You're bringing them to me because you want help. But you're not even listening to the advice I'm trying to give you. Like, you know, so, like, I'm, I'm here, like, trying to help. But they're not trying to help themselves sometimes. And I'm telling you, with ADHD, parenting, especially in children, with AD, working with children with ADHD, the parents are, like, one of the biggest sources of treatment. Yeah. You know, you kind of have to, like, really educate them and kind of, like, teach them, like, look, this is what this shows. These are the statistics here. This is what the data shows here. So if you're going to be doing this, this is where it's more likely your child's going to end up. Yeah. I mean, Um, it's just a very interesting thing with ADHD and patience. That's facts. And, again, I'll highlight the the latter part of that. And I think it's important for us to be the educators. I think that's kind of our job in a sense. I don't know. Personally, I I feel like that's our job. And I, I know that sometimes we may get very hyped and active, (laughs) you know, because because we're very passionate about it. Very passionate. And we've seen the detriments of not being educated. So it's like sometimes emotions just routed up and you're like, yo, like, hello. And, uh, you know, I think some people may need like different avenues to get to in their brain and, and get, get them to understand a little bit better, which kind of brings me to another point, which is like how old, and white psychology is right, mm-hmm. and you know our people, and they're they're really we're disconnected. Not we're not open to it, but I, I I see more I see more Latinos becoming more open. 
um, to this whole concept of psychology. I'm seeing it. Like, actually, because of this podcast, actually, I've had, yeah, I've had a lot of people reach out to me because of this podcast. My Latino people. Have, a lot of people have reached out to me for the, because of this podcast for services, and I appreciate you guys reaching out to me for services to get your help. I'm happy to be putting out this knowledge out here in the world because I have changed a few people's lives when, when they come to me seeing my, oh, Andre, I saw your podcast. You're over here talking about mental health. I'm looking for therapy services myself. All right, I'll guide you in the right direction. Come here. Come this way. You know what I mean? I'll try to provide you the best provider I can provide. Um, you know, so, like, it's very interesting how, like, just doing this has helped a few people, and I'm proud to do it. That's what motivates me to want to keep doing it. But at the end of the day, you know, um, even, even, the, even the loudest philosophers, the, the loudest helpers, uh, you know, we're always, you know, uh, judged in some way, right? And the things that we talk about, yes, we're going to receive a lot of judgment, and I understand that. That's, but that's, that's the point. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you have to be sort of counter argumentative to make best of society. And that's why I'm trying to tell you guys to like, it's important to listen to this. But if you're not going to listen, then I'm, we're just going to be stuck in limbo forever. You know what I mean? We're going to be stuck in this constant loop of meaninglessness and, and, you know, just waiting to be called to do the next thing. Yeah. No, just to add to that. Yeah, we are humans as well. And yeah. we have our biases. We have our, we have our own biases. Beliefs. We have our beliefs, but our beliefs are more like prone, like subjected to science, though. So, like you know, we're we're kind of like seeing it unfold in front of us. So, like we want to sort of bring this information out to the world, so you guys are able to hear what's going on in the real world, right? Um, so this is why we're doing this. This is why we're bringing this information to you, talking about ADHD, talking about how we think about it, how it's going to change the world. What's what's the best path? What's the wrong path? You know what I mean? So this is. Why we're doing this. And you can have your opinion. Hey, I'm ready for the judgment at this point. I really don't care anymore, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think it's important. I think it's important to have some challenges. I personally think it's part of growth. And I think uh, being able to expose ourselves and being vulnerable and also, you know, taking the chance to offend people, (laughs) you know, I think that's something that's lost in our generation because of cancel culture and just because of silencing people. So, you know, and now everything's becoming so digitized. And like you said, screens, chat GPT, you know what I'm saying? Like, what does that? Chat GPT. You don't know the chat? All right. You got to see that. They're basically, it's basically a human, you know, behind the screen who, like, writes up scripts and can write music and can do all these sort of things, like, off the rip, off the top. You right. give it a topic, you give it a question, and it'll write a paragraph. Like a role, like an AI? It's a super AI. So that just came out, like, a month or so ago. And oh, is that like that 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 AI art stuff? Like you you seen the that's AI another art? one. That's the second one. That's I second. haven't put my face in that one yet, but that's the second one. That one came out <laughs> right before ChatGPT. I, I remember when people were posting that shit. <laughs> that stuff is funny, man. Like mad people like, and you had to pay for that too. Yeah, people paid like four bucks, like did that they? service or something like that. I'm I don't straight. know. I saw one. I I, I downloaded an app. That said this service costs like five bucks or whatever. I'm, like, I'm good. Hell no, I'm good. <laughs> But I mean, like, hey, I'm not, I'm not being cheap. I just don't see a point in me like putting my face in something, creating some digital art from it. But who knows? I'll give it a try. Maybe later down the road, it sounds pretty. You gotta cool. check out Chat GPT. Chat GPT. Yeah, check that one out. Hashtag Chat GPT. You're gonna blow your mind. All right. It's crazy. Well, uh, so yeah. basically, at the end of the day, what we discussed was ADHD, sort of a little bit of this idea of patience and and hyperactiveness and lack of focusing and things like that. We talked about how, you know, it blends into society, how it kind of just like um, can have an effect, what kids today are actually experiencing. 
uh, statistically speaking, to some extent, when it comes to technology usage and the effect it has on us. We also talked about like being more progressive, but also understanding that the traditional norms are important as well, because when you get too progressive to the extreme, you might just create a society full of um, dependent people on phones. Mm. And that's another thing. That, that's what they want. That's what they want you to do. They want you to depend on the phones. They don't want you to depend on yourself. That's the society that, that, that you know, if you embrace this type of culture and you want to be extremely progressive, I think that's the route you're going to go down towards, is being more dependent on technology or even others. You know? That's a fact. I mean, hey, uh, you know, it sounds messed up to say this, but, like, I even it'll probably benefit me because people are probably going to be benefited, uh, dependent on counselors to figure mm. out why they're, they're having these problems. Yeah. And I could sit there and be like, oh, yeah, you're having these problems because, um, you know, your past and like the issues in your childhood and stuff. And then I could completely just skip over the technology usage, how much you're using it for, uh, how it's affecting your brain, how it's affecting your critical thinking skills. If I really wanted to, I could definitely avoid the problem. But that's I'm not going to do that. Why? Because I care and I want to help people. And that's what this whole season two podcast is going to bring to light is how things can possibly be better based on my experience as a therapist. And you can judge, you can hate, but hey, this is how I see the world, man. Yeah, welcome we, welcome to season two. Season two. Mind Works Podcast, baby. Bringing that fire, man. Bring that fire, no holds back. Mama said give them all the smoke, so. Give them all. <laughs> that's what we're doing we're this season. All the smoke. I mean, look at me. I'm fucking wearing a laurel reef. Again, <laughs> all the smoke. The first one is just a little warm-up. We had to, you know, get our technology right. You know, this one is sink a little bit and this is it, man. This is it. All right. Welcome to season two. Peace. Peace.